Hey my dudes, just a fair warning. I'm putting a trigger warning on this entire episode. Um, I do talk about conversion therapy, um, as well as a few other heartbreaking uh, subjects. So, um, I also recorded myself after having watched a documentary on conversion therapy, and so there is a whole like four minute chunk of me just sobbing, essentially. So, I just want to give you guys a warning before you go and listen to this episode. Hey my dudes, I'm the host Allie and this is Sincerely Queer, the podcast full of stories, tips, and most importantly, laughs. struggling. I it's been kind of a rough morning and I'm actually recording this the day before I'm well, the day of that I'm supposed to like post this episode. Um and that's because I'm a procrastinator and even though I try to get shit done earlier, I don't. So, this episode I'm going to try and do the weekly news. I haven't been able to get something again I don't want I don't want the weekly news to be negative um and I'm having a hard time finding something so it's gonna be put at the end of the episode um because I also what I I have an idea of what I'm gonna do I'm not gonna say anything about it yet but we'll get to that so this week my this is well, hmm let me just have a stroke. Okay. This week, my goal was to watch these documentaries. Um, there were three of them. They were all on Netflix and they were all, um, made, not made, um, released within the last two years, year, technically, I guess it's still 2021. Um, and they were all Two of them were kind of sad, but also two of them were very, like, inspirational, I guess. Um, so, the the other thing is, at least one of these, I, this is, I don't know, this whole episode's gonna have a trigger warning. Um, it was, one of the documentaries I watched is called Pray Away, and it is about conversion therapy. So, like, this whole episode, um... 
just be prepared and or don't listen. I, you know, um, I think that this is important stuff to talk about. Um, so I'm gonna talk about it, but it, it took a toll out of me to watch these documentaries and to take notes on them and now to talk about them. Um, so I'm completely fine if you guys don't listen. Next, my next episode is going to be so much like happier and lighter than this. Um, and depending on how long my reviews of these documentaries last, I may or may not, um, touch on like my wrap up of the month of August and what I'm going to do for the month of September. Um, it, it all just depends. Uh, this might be a shorter episode or it might be a really long episode. I, no, I lied. It's probably going to be a shorter episode. I don't think I want to talk about these too much. Um, but I do, I do want to talk about them. So we're just going to jump right into this because God, um, so the first documentary I watched was called Pray Away. It's on Netflix and it was released in 2021. Um, and Pray Away is mostly, it's about conversion therapy, right? Um, but it's specifically about this group, um, called Exodus that was really, really, really big into the conversion therapy. Um, and I'm just going to talk about a few points. So one of the very first things is like a little word blob, text box, I don't know, whatever you want to call it in the very beginning, um, it said reparative or conversion therapy is the attempt to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity by a religious leader, licensed counselor, or in peer support groups. And my second note was like within 30 seconds of starting to watch it. I am so disturbed. It was, God, it was so hard to watch, but it really, it, the whole documentary, it gives you this, um, the history of Exodus and what this organization did. And you see, um, interviews done by, I don't know, like four or five of like these big leaders, these big time leaders that have since actually all come out. And so they were, um, members of Exodus mostly, um, a couple of them may have been in like partner programs or whatever. Um, but they were all these, uh, leaders and they all said this, you know, this stuff works that I'm an ex gay, I'm this. And I did the, you know, all of this stuff, it works and it doesn't, that's bullshit. They all came back out, you know, years later, um, and are living happy and almost healthy lives. But, um, they, one of the biggest things that I took from this is like the people who were, you know, leading these peer support groups to try and convert people and change them had absolutely no qualifications, none, zero. And it, it was terrible. It was terrible. And, um, so they interview those leaders, those ex-leaders. They also interview a survivor of conversion therapy herself. And her story was hard to watch. It broke my heart to see it. And I actually, 
um, before I forget, I may or may not include it, but I recorded myself, um, right after I had watched this documentary and I just, I was sobbing. It was so hard to watch. Um, and so that may or may not be included at the end of this, um, review. Um, oh, the other thing about this documentary was they, um, also interviewed this guy, I guess, called, his name's Jeffrey McCall, and he's an ex-transgender person. He used to be living as a woman, and apparently when he was living with, as a woman, he, uh, was also very into drugs and stuff, and he kind of grouped those whole things, that whole, all of that stuff together, that they were all bad and terrible, and so whenever he, uh, excuse me, whenever he, um, detransitioned, he, uh, you know, he came to the Lord and I can't believe that there are people who exist like that in the world who still think that being gay or trans or anything is bad. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there's that. And I guess, yeah, right now I'll put in, um, myself, like the recording I had after I watched the documentary. Okay. I've been sitting here for a hot second. Trying to think of something to say. Okay. So, I just finished watching the documentary Pray Away. <laughs> I don't know if I can even use this audio. <sighs> it was heartbreaking. utterly heartbreaking. <laughs> to see people who have actually suffered like that. <laughs> it is Really, this audio is going to be unusable. I just wanted to essentially give my first thoughts. My immediate thoughts. After watching this documentary. Quite frankly, I don't uh, I recommend watching it if you're not in a stable mental place. It is... It's hard. It is hard to watch. And it was very powerful. Some... 
it's I'm gonna I'll be able to digest my thoughts hopefully um and come back and be able to talk about it a bit more um but I wanted to get this soundbite because in case anybody is listening who isn't queer which you know who I don't know who would but conversion therapy is horrible and having to exist in a world but where it exists and being told by family members and even friends that God doesn't love you as a gay woman or as a gay man or as a homosexual in general (laughs) and just the sheer heinous act of conversion therapy it is brutal to watch just as it is brutal to hear about the AIDS epidemic because well maybe I didn't personally go through it my community has gone through it and is still suffering I took notes throughout this whole thing I have more but It's hard. It was hard to watch. So that is, I'll come back hopefully in a couple days time having processed and we'll be able to talk about it more. Okay, so that was terrible. <laughs> um, but we, we're moving on. I, well, I guess I have to give it a rating. It's gets five out of five stars for impactfulness and I think I definitely think that it's a topic that needs to be talked about it's a topic that needs to be recognized as hurtful and terrible and should never happen again um but it's not everybody should watch it I'm not even I'm not not everybody should watch it because it, it was hard to watch um so, like, overall, a 4.5 out of 5 stars. It was really well done, I think. Okay. Now I'm going to move on. The next documentary I watched is called A Secret Love. It's also on Netflix. Um, found a receipt. Uh, sorry. It came out in 2020. It was produced, done, I don't know, whatever you want. Ryan Murphy was a really big part of it. God, I love this documentary. This is it. This was technically the second time I've watched it, but I hadn't watched it all the way through the first time. Um, but it follows the story of Pat and Terry, who have been together for uh, like sixty-five plus years. Um, and the documentary follows them throughout their lives for a couple of years, but. God, it's so beautiful. And they talk a lot about, like, the history of the gays and stuff. Um, and just them existing in the 40s when... Uh, one of the quotes, which is in the uh, trailer, I believe, for the whole thing, is that um, 
they were pioneers and like leaders when there wasn't really when it was kind of you know illegal to be um and yeah it's <laughs> terrible but I I don't know is there anything else that I really want to touch on I feel like a lot of people are gonna know this documentary um but it's I don't really know uh I don't know it's okay it's excellent it's a it's a beautiful love story I cried after watching it um and I the stuff I want to talk about I feel like is going to be a spoiler so I'm not going to talk about all that but my overall review is like five out of five stars for the actual documentary itself it's so well done it's so deep and emotional and you know they had so many pictures and videos from Pat and Terry's you know youth to like all throughout their life like you got to see them as they were existing and um that was really cool to me and I just I don't know it was beautiful to get to see them in their later years after they've been together for so so many years you know it's it was gorgeous so that whole my overall rating is five out of five stars I think Ryan Murphy anything that he does or touches or anything is just gonna be brilliant I haven't come across anything that he's done that hasn't been um so yeah so that's there's that one I'm really moving through these but I you know as I'm talking about them one I'm realizing that my notes have a lot of spoilers in them and two they're just hard to talk about um I recommend watching all of these you know oh my god I gotta stretch okay sorry um I recommend watching all of them but with a grain of salt for all of them too um so yeah okay my last documentary um is called Hating Peter Tatchell and I real I was like try I had a conversation with my dad before we started watching all of these and I was like I have no idea who this Peter Tatchell dude is but like I guess he's been an LGBT activist for decades, so let's watch it. And so my dad and I watched it, and we realized that Peter Tatchell, he was originally from Australia, and then he moved to the UK, and, and it, like, essentially he moved and left Australia to avoid Australia's draft. That was the whole reason. He left in 1971, and he went to London, and he was 19, and even before that he was still advocating for he um i wrote he was rebel in school and practiced grassroots democracy that was his whole thing was like grassroots activism um yeah and he came out um it when he was young before he went to london so before he was 19 um he realized he was gay and at that time, so before 1971, at least, I think even after this, um, being gay, like homosexuality was still a punishable offense. And some of the punishments included jail time as well as forcible conversion therapy. So, God, terrible. But he, God, this man, I, 
you know, the most interesting thing about this um, documentary was, to me was that I got to learn not as much about Australia's like queer history, but a bit, but also about the UK's queer history and, you know, who some of the big activists for the gays were. Um, so Peter Tatchell, there was Helen Rogers, maybe Helen, some, I don't know. There was another one. There were all these people and they were these activists and I have never really learned about the UK's queer history. So it was really interesting to me. Um, and like one of the people interviewed like the, well, the dude who did the interview of Peter Tatchell was Sir Ian McKellen, you know, who's one of the most famous gays in England. And then also Stephen Fry was interviewed. Um, and so it was just, I don't know, it was fascinating. And like his whole thing, I find some of the stuff that Peter Tatchell did highly controversial. And I don't think that he should have done that because I think that he single-handedly could have destroyed the, um, gay rights movement in the UK, but he, uh, he was very fond of direct action protests. So like there was one time for Easter Sunday in 1998, he and a few other men stormed the pulpit of this bishop and started shouting that the bishop was, you know, in support of conversion therapy and like shit like that. And I, you know, he was very big on like shouting and calling people out and he actually got abused, abused a lot, assaulted. That's the word. He got assaulted a lot to the point that he actually had, um, brain damage and permanent eye damage. Well, semi-permanent eye and brain damage. Um, which is so sad to me because like he was constantly putting himself in harm's way just for that. So I don't know. I found that fascinating and I would give the documentary itself mm, a five out of five stars. I think, I think the document mm, uh, four out, four point four, four out of five stars. That's what I'm giving it. I think the documentary was mostly well done. Um, I felt like there were, it was, I don't know. There was something about it that didn't entirely resonate with me. Um, but it was, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was a good documentary. I think it was well done, but not, I don't know. There's just something about it that I was like, eh. and maybe it's because they, you know, interviewed Peter Tatchell. Oh, here's the other thing is like, I don't know if it was just me, but like the people that they interviewed all looked like disheveled, disheveled, however you want to pronounce that for some reason. And that kind of bothered me. Cause I was like, wouldn't you have tried to make them look their best before they went on? Or it was like, was that just the thing? I don't know. So that was just, that was something for me that like I noticed and it caught my attention and I don't know, it probably could have just been me with, you know, maybe nobody else would have noticed that, but, um, yeah, it was good. It was fascinating. So like, if you don't know much about like the UK gay rights movement, absolutely. I recommend this 100%. Um, but I think that's the last I'm going to say on these documentaries. I think I, I really enjoyed them and I think that they were incredibly educational. So my goal, I think, 
think is to continue watching documentaries and just have maybe, you know, a short episode where I give little reviews, especially if they're going to be like such sensitive topics. But I think for sure I'm going to do the, um, my TBRNW for the month of September and also my August wrap up. So I'm going to make a big jump and in, uh, well, I'm going to go back to the weekly news because I took a break like eight hours between the previous section and just now. Um, and in that time, I know I said I didn't want to do like negative weekly news, but this one I think is important to talk about. Um, so this is a, uh, this was published Monday, August 23rd in The Advocate, um, by Alex Cooper and it's titled Afghanistan's gay men fear death as Taliban judge okays stonings. And, um, essentially what the, uh, it's, I don't know. It's just so fucking sad. Um, but what the article talks about is, um, they talk about an interview, um, of a man, man called Ramin, um, by Insider. Um, he's a United Nations worker. Um, and here's a quote from him. If the Taliban finds out about us, they'll sentence us to death. Ramin told the site while in tears. I think we, meaning his boyfriend and him, will have to stop our relationship. And fuck, I mean, I didn't quite realize that, I guess I didn't know that, um, in Afghanistan that I knew that they weren't thrilled about homosexuality in Afghanistan. It was the same with Iran. Like I knew that it wasn't legal, but I didn't realize that it was punishable by death. And, um... A Taliban judge uh, said that the group would stone gay men and that essentially that they've approved it. Um, and I, one, what surprises me, I guess, is that they're going to use stoning. It just, that's such a brutal way. Ugh. There is a person, a man... Yes, a name, Namat Sadat, and he was the first public figure in the country to promote LGBT plus rights. Um, he said he's working to help uh, the LGBT plus community seek asylum elsewhere. So, hopefully, not another place that is not the big fan of um, homos, but. Sorry, that was kind of rude. But one thing that I did want to talk about is um, I'm going to try and put these on my Facebook. Um, I wanted to talk more about Afghanistan, but I didn't feel that I could. I'm definitely not qualified to like speak on what's happening in Afghanistan just to make people aware that there is horrible things happening in Afghanistan right now. And so I went out and found some, uh, resources for you, uh, you guys to look at. Um, and 
there's just a couple that I wanted to talk about. There's Women for Women International. It's a nonprofit that aids uh, female survivors of war and conflict. It was established, or it's, this organization has established an emergency campaign in Afghanistan. Um, According to its website, one donor is matching up to $500,000 in contributions for that program. Um, there's also Women for Afghan Women. It's the largest women's organization in Afghanistan, um, and it is also accepting donations. And there's the Child Foundation, which helps impoverished children for um, access education. And they created the Afghanistan Crisis Fund for emergency assistance in the Balkh province, where about 800 children supported by the foundation live. Um, and so those are just a few, and I hope to put, uh, these on my Facebook, um, well, the Sincerely Queer Facebook, so that you guys could go check it out with links, hopefully, um, but, God, moving on from that, I'm still shook, that's heartbreaking, but, moving on, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna try and it doesn't do to dwell on something that you can't help right in this instance, I don't think. Um, so moving on, <laughs> I am going to do my August wrap up and then my September TBR and W. Um, so my August wrap up, God. Okay. So I really, I think bit off more than I could chew at first and I had to take a step back which was kind of upsetting um I decided not to read three books (laughs) because I mean I probably it's still August I definitely probably could have read them in the month of August but at that point um I was just tired of books even though one was a graphic novel it's Alison Bechdel and her graphic novels are beefy. So like it, I just, I got tired and worn out, um, because I hate being forced to read and it, you you know, it was me forcing myself to read, but it's still the same thing. Like I hate being forced to read. So, um, I only read Written in the Stars and Hang the Moon, um, during the month of August. Um, I mean, I technically read some manga, but, like, that's not important. But I love those books. You can go listen to my review. I did a whole episode on it. Um, Written in the Stars is still one of my favorite queer books. Excellent. And then, of course, I watched the three documentaries. And I personally really do think that I'm going to start watching at least one documentary, one to two documentaries a month. And I was looking... I only looked on Netflix, so I'll have to look other places. Um, but Netflix probably has roughly 18 queer documentaries, like roughly. I, there could be more. And, you know, I'm probably, while this is a queer podcast, I, you know, I'm a feminist, so I might look at um, more documentaries from a feminist point of view rather than a queer point of view. And maybe, you know, hell, maybe I'll find a documentary that I can look at and like critique through a queer point of view. But I think documentaries are important to watch. Um, because one, it's a good way to consume a lot of information 
in a fairly short amount of time and you know and you don't have to sit there and just read and read and read so I enjoy documentaries and um yeah I think that's my new goal so I'm just gonna jump right into my September TBR and W. It's very vague at this point. I don't know when exactly I'm gonna read things, but I'm gonna try and tell you the general order that I'm gonna be reading these things in. Um, and some of these books, I'm just gonna tell you that I'm gonna read them and I might touch on them, but I'm not gonna necessarily review them. But the, well, I'll tell you what I'm reading now that, um, I'm reading just the first book now and I hope to touch on it more at a later date. Mm, yeah, well, well, I guess we'll talk about it now. So the book I'm reading now is the first of the Inheritance Trilogy. It's called The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms by N.K. Jemisin. And it's fascinating so far. Um, N.K. Jemisin, I don't know if it'll, no, it's not going to tell me in this book, of course, but she's a, um, I believe she's African-American. Let me not, you know, mess up. N.K. Jemison is a, an American science fiction and fantasy writer. Um, she's an African-American. Wow, she's from Iowa. She's 48. Um, but she's one of the few African-American fantasy writers. And so this book is kind of... Mo mostly fantasy. It gives me the slightest sci-fi vibes, but so far, let's see what page am I on? I'm on page 72. Damn, I'm on page 72 and it's really fascinating so far. I'm really enjoying it and it's a trilogy and I really picked it up because I was, I've been reading a lot of manga and I was like, I really want to read a fantasy book but I don't want to read like my favorite fantasy series again yet because I, I want to read those at the right time. So I'm reading this now and there's a lot, you know, it's written by a woman and a black woman at that. And it's really, there's actually quite a bit that I'd like to digest, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, but along with this trilogy and you know, I'm on the first book right now and this is probably going to be something later down the line, so like towards the end of September. But I wanted to talk about um, another book, specific, well, specifically this book, and then I decided I'm going to talk about The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms too. Um, but this book is called The Women's War. It's by Jenna Glass. And it's, it really caught my eye because like in our library, um, you just, the <laughs> little tag or the label for the call number on the side or on the spine of the book is like covering the word war. I don't know why we do it like that, but it's fine. So you just see women's really big. And it also is one of the bigger books. All the other books around it are actually kind of small. And so I was, you know, interested. So I pulled it off the shelf and it's really interesting because on the front, there's a little uh, quote by somebody, um, Nicola Griffith and it says hashtag me too and hashtag resistance through the lens of epic fantasy. So it's like the me too movement and resistance through epic fantasy. And I love fantasy, like love it. But I hate the fact that people keep writing fantasy with such sexist stereotypes. I'm like, 
they're like, but it, you know, that's accurate to like the medieval times and stuff. I was like, okay, but it's fantasy. It is literally fantasy. You know, you're creating these worlds and you want to bring in some of the worst stuff to happen in this world. Like you could literally do so much more. So whatever. So I'm excited about this book and the hundred thousand kingdoms. Um, I think I'm going to talk about them and review them at mm, probably one of the last episodes of September. So if you want to read those books with me, you got plenty of time. Um, but back to like the first, one of the first episodes I'm going to talk about, I got to wait until I get one of the books, um, from the library so I can reread them, but I'm going to do a whole episode on some of my favorite queer graphic novels. Well, actually, one of them I haven't read yet, but I've seen so much about that, like, I'm including it in my favorites so far. Um, so this first one I have is called Go With The Flow. It's by Lily Williams and Karen Schneeman. <laughs> and it's about um, periods and friends and all of that fun stuff that happens. And there are two queer characters. And I've read this before. And it's a, it's a first, second book which is one of my favorite publishers from, uh, ooh, sorry, from of graphic novels. First, second is just excellent. So there's that book. Then there's Princess, Princess Ever After. This one's by Kay O'Neill. I know it says Katie O'Neill on the book, but I know that Kay uses they, them pronouns, I think, and goes by Kay now. Um, and this is actually a children's, well, a juvenile um, book, but I, there's, I believe it actually has queer stuff in it. I mean, they're snuggling on the inside covers. So like, I'm going to say that's queer. Um, and I've heard, I, you know, you guys would probably, honestly, if you look up queer fan art at all, I've, I've seen these two characters that are on the front cover everywhere. Like they're everywhere. So that's a very popular book. And then the last one I have with me, not the last one I'm going to talk about, is called The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. Um, and this one's fantastic. This is actually about a, uh, hmm, what would we call it? Maybe a trans character? It's, I think that the, uh, the prince who dresses up as a princess, I don't know if the, if it's just kind of a fluid uh, gender performativity type of thing. I don't really know. It's been a hot second since I've read this, but this is also first, second. Um, and quite frankly, if you don't know first, second publishing, like go look them up. They publish a huge amount of queer graphic novels. Um, and they even published the, uh, next book or the last graphic novel that I want to talk about, which is Bloom by Kevin Panetta. And fuck, there's somebody else. I don't remember her at the moment. Um, but that's the book I'm waiting on at, from the library so that I can read. Um, and I'm really excited. It's a queer gay boy novel. It's just super cute stuff. Um, and it'll be, I think, besides The Princess Princess Ever After, it'll be like my second time at least reading all of these. Actually, it'll be my third time reading Bloom. Um excuse me. It's just, it's so good. So, oh, and then I'm also thinking about starting a new thing. I know I keep starting new things and I'm trying to like 
follow through with them. Um, but this new thing that I'm going to start, this might, will this will probably be mid-September. So I know there's five Wednesdays in September, meaning there will be five episodes. So the graphic novel one, since I'm doing my wrap-up slash TBR&W now for this episode instead of the first week in September, um, graphic novels are gonna, not going to be next week. I, I have to take at least two weeks to read them. Um, and so I don't know, I don't know, I'm getting way off topic, but the, another thing that I want to do is I would like to each month read slash listen to a biography on, you know, either a famous queer person or a famous woman who advocates for queer rights or, I mean, a man, you know, I guess, a a gay person. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't really know off the top of my head, many straight men who like are like huge advocators for gay rights. If you can think of any, let me know. But this month, well, I guess next month, what I want to do is I want to read um, Jane Fonda's autobiography from 2015 titled My Life So Far. And so I want to read the biography and then watch and or read some of the... Um, things that this person did. So for example, Jane Fonda's an actress and has been in so many things. So I want to watch Grace and Frankie. We'll say the first season, but Grace and Frankie, because that shows her now, essentially, you know, kind of in her elderly years. Not that she's old, but she's older. (laughs) Then I also want to watch Monster-in-Law because I've talked a lot about it throughout school. Um, and then I want to watch nine to five. And I think those are going to be the like three main, um, movies that I talk about. And I don't know, we might include some more and I might talk more about those, but those three specifically, I want to talk about because I fucking love Jane Fonda. If you guys didn't know, I absolutely love Jane Fonda. So, and I really actually kind of enjoy biographies. And so I think it would be interesting I don't know, just like the documentaries. I think that, wow, sorry if that was loud. Um, but I think that they are, you know, very educational and, you know, this is an autobiography. Jane Fonda wrote this herself. I don't know if she had like a ghostwriter or anything. So, I mean, I think it's just her. So for the most part, it's going to be written in, you know, with her words. Like, it's literally her words. And so I think it'll be fairly accessible. And it's a kind of a chunky book. Yeah, it's, let me see. It's almost 575 pages. And I just noticed that this book is falling apart, meaning I get to mend it when I return it. But yeah, so I'm going to, you know, read the biography, watch the movies, etc. And then the last thing that I want to read, which I'm not going to talk about <laughs> in an episode, but I figured I might as well, well, I'm sorry, I might as well talk about um, the things that I'm actually reading and doing so you guys can, if you want to talk about them on, you know, my Facebook page or if you guys want to talk to me, like, go off. I love talking to people. So if you're also reading these books. So I'm going to read uh, Love Her or Lose Her by Tessa Bailey. It's the second book in a series. It's just like 
written in the stars. Almost exactly, except for this is hetero. <laughs> but I remember, or remember, I don't know if I talked about it, but I definitely, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I definitely, um, I read the first one. It was called Fixer Up. And I'm so sorry. I literally keep hitting the microphone. It's kind of a chunky mic. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so I, 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 I'm struggling so bad. It's so late. <laughs> I started Love Her or Lose Her. No, I started, I read Fix Her Up. That's what I'm trying to get at. And I, before I read it, because at the time I was like really into steamy romance. Like if a book didn't have like a shit ton of spice, then I wasn't interested. Um, so I was like, oh, this looks like it's going to be a spicy book. And I got on Goodreads and looked at the, uh, the reviews and I was like, ew, <laughs> people were like, this is so sexist. You know, it's very heteronormative. It's, it's the dude, you know, it's kind of creepy because he's so way too overprotective. But like, honestly, as I was reading it, it wasn't that bad. It genuinely wasn't. And I don't know, I don't know if that's just me not perceiving everything fully because I was really only there for the spice but like you know I mean there were parts that were like problematic but also it came across as what I perceive heteronormative relationships to be like so maybe it, the problem is with me <laughs> maybe I should like not stereotype like that but like I don't know it's it's what I perceive I'm not trying to stereotype but the way that I perceive like my friends who are straight their relationships, their romantic relationships slash sexual relationships, they kind of come across like that. So maybe it's also just my friends have shitty, you know, partners, but <laughs> it's fine. I'm not talking about you guys. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so I'm planning on read this, the second one, the library had the second one for some reason. I don't know when we got it. I didn't think that we had it, but it all of a sudden appeared. Um, and then we have like the third one, I think as an e-audiobook. So I'm going to listen to it, I guess, which would be interesting. I've never listened to a steamy book um, via audiobook, I don't think. Because I think whenever, like the only one I can think of is A Court of Thorns and Roses series. And like that's, I don't know how much I listened to them and how much I actually read them and maybe I stopped listening and read, I don't know, because I, I can't think of anything, but I don't know, but that's besides the point. Um, those are the books I'm going to watch and some of the movies. I'll probably, I haven't decided on documentaries yet. You know what? Documentaries are going to be next week. I'll post those on Facebook tomorrow too. Let me make a note of that so I don't just, surprise, <laughs> wait. And there we go. Okay. I will make a note of that. And I will see you guys next time, I guess. I, that's not my actual sign out. Wait, wait. We gotta do this right. Ooh, okay. And I think that's all for this week. <laughs> uh, don't forget to always be sincerely queer. Till next time, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs>